Hello and welcome to Solutions. This is the second episode of our third series of podcasts for solution-focused hypnotherapists and I'm Cathy Eland. And I'm Trevor Eddles and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists. Today we're looking at post-hypnotic suggestion. So Trevor, what are we talking about? Give us a definition. Okay, here goes. A post-hypnotic suggestion is a suggestion made to a person during trance that they act on after the session is finished. The suggested act may be carried out in response to a prearranged situation or trigger or at a specific time, and the person may not know why they're performing the action. Post-hypnotic suggestions potentially can remain active for many years. How interesting. So in effect, a post-hypnotic suggestion is a bit like Pavlov and his dogs. When a particular trigger occurs, e.g. a bell ringing, then an associated action will take place, i.e. the dogs will salivate. Only with a post-hypnotic suggestion, when the trigger event occurs, or it's the predefined time, the person will act in a particular way. For example, they will feel calm and confident in a situation that previously made them feel anxious. Yeah, it's what we might call an anchor. And just to be clear, an anchor is something that links a person to a time or place or action. For example, the smell of roasting beef may remind a person of Sundays at Granny's when they were younger. Or the smell of ouzo might remind them of that lad's holiday in Greece and make them feel very nauseous. Gosh, that brings back memories. A simple example of using post-hypnotic suggestion might be where a client wants to stop eating chocolate. The post-hypnotic suggestion might be, whenever you see a chocolate bar, you'll find it unappealing. Yeah, of course, there is a lot of benefit or secondary gain to the client in eating chocolate. So a more successful approach would be to build in an alternative behaviour. For example, every time you see a chocolate bar, it's going to remind you of how important it is to eat healthier food instead. Right. And there's apparently research showing that helping a client forget about the post-hypnotic suggestion can make the suggestion even more powerful. This amnesia seems to lock the suggestion deep in a person's unconscious. When you bring your client out of trance, immediately change the subject in order to distract them. This reinforces the amnesia. And of course, amnesia isn't a good idea if the client has to voluntarily trigger the suggestion or if they need to rehearse the suggestion. Yes, yes. I mean, Wikipedia tells us that post-hypnotic amnesia is the inability for a person to recall events that took place while they were under hypnosis. This can be achieved by giving individuals a suggestion during hypnosis to forget certain material that they have learned either before or during hypnosis. And memories may return when presented with a prearranged cue. Okay, so let's have a look at what you might use as a trigger for post-hypnotic suggestion. It can be anything from a specific time, an event, a moment in a person's daily routine, etc. And when the trigger occurs, it initiates the post-hypnotic suggestion, causing the person to behave in the way suggested. It's thought that the person automatically re-enters a brief trance of approximately the same depth and quality as the original hypnotic state. 
This occurs even if the person has their eyes open in order to carry out the desired behaviour and only occurs while the person carries out the post-hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, uh, we briefly looked at an example of a post-hypnotic suggestion earlier. Let me give you another one that links a trigger with an outcome. For example, every time you walk up to a group of strangers, you'll take a deep breath and become filled with confidence. Shall we look at some useful guidelines to follow when we're coming up with a post-hypnotic suggestion? Yes, let's. Uh, firstly, any post-hypnotic suggestion mustn't be too outlandish or extreme. But we're solution-focused, so let's look at what they should be. Okay, so they should be simple and unambiguous. If the post-hypnotic suggestion is complicated or convoluted, the client's subconscious might not be able to recall it. Straightforward and unambiguous suggestions will easily embed in the client's subconscious and are easily followed at the appropriate time. Yeah, not surprisingly, positive suggestions have been found to be more successful than negative ones. Oh, well, there's a surprise. Specific, the suggestions need to be tailored to a specific goal and situation. Yeah, emotive. Emotions are easy to understand and, therefore, the suggestion becomes easy to action. Right. Visualisation. The client should easily be able to visualise the actions they're about to perform and the outcome of these actions. Yeah, intensity of interest. The client must already want to perform the behaviour specified when the trigger occurs. The more intensely they want this, the more successful the suggestion will be. Yeah, And it must also agree with the client's identity. The client mustn't subconsciously disagree with the post-hypnotic suggestion. It must fit the kind of person they think they are in order to be successful. Yes. And to ensure that a post-hypnotic suggestion meets these criteria, it's a good idea to prepare the suggestion beforehand by writing it down or recording it. This will ensure that the suggestion is clear and avoids any contradictions. Good idea. So an example of a post-hypnotic suggestion I might use would be, from now on, every single time you're in a social situation, you're going to discover wonderful feelings of confidence radiating from somewhere deep inside you. You can see yourself now as you walk through the door. It's written all over your face. You're having the time of your life. Brilliant. You'll not be surprised to hear that the CIA became very interested in using post-hypnotic suggestions. There is talk about George Estabrook, while working for the CIA, who developed a technique where they would put someone into a deep trance and give them all the secret information they had to carry, which avoided the need for anything to be written down. The person would memorise it all and would then come out of the trance. The memory would be compartmentalised and the person would have no recollection of it. That person would then go abroad somewhere and the doctor at the other end would give them a prearranged trigger phrase. The courier would immediately go back into trance and pass on the information. The amnesia barrier meant they wouldn't know the information was there. It needed to be the right phrase and the right doctor to access the information. If the doctor used the wrong phrase, 
the secret message was erased. Um, you can draw your own conclusions about how successful you think it was. I think that was in one of the James Bond film, wasn't it? I'm sure it was, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Post-hypnotic suggestions appear to have a good success rate and where appropriate and providing they meet the criteria previously mentioned, they seem worth adding to the end of a standard hypnotherapy session in order to help a client achieve their desired goals. Yep, Milton Erickson used them, so that's good enough for me. Good enough for me. Anyway, that's about it from us. I hope that gives you a better idea about post-hypnotic suggestions and how to use them. And I just wonder what good things you'll have to tell us next time we meet. Oh, I see what you're doing. But next time, we'll be looking at some brain revision and neuroscience. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Cathy Eland. And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Eddles. See you next time. Bye. Bye.